Hey, everybody. Uh, a few things about this episode, disappointing things. Uh, we were on hiatus for a while due to me being out of the country and uh, Chad being in the flooding in Houston and, and David being in Mexico. Uh, so we, we triumphantly returned this Sunday and recorded a whole new episode, but somewhere in the course of the episode, David's recorder malfunctioned. Um, I attribute this to uh, David living in Mexico and them suffering uh, from an earthquake. So to be angry with us about this malfunction would be uh, horribly, horribly racist. Um, so the, the, the unfortunate thing about this besides all the extra editing I had to do, is that we're, you miss out on the great discussion of David uh, detailing his escape from Hurricane Katrina down Highway 90 that was aborted by burning cars and drunk people dancing on the side of the, the road. Uh, we also miss out on all of us trying to figure out what Chris Kyle's targets would have been while he was sniping on top of the Superdome. We think probably Handsome Willie's, the interstate, and a place that I keep referring to as the train parking lot because my English fails me. Uh, I've been informed it's called a train station. Um, we also miss out on finding out uh, the answer to the question of how Chris Kyle got on top of the Superdome, which is apparently none of your goddamn business. So I've edited this the best I can just because we recorded it and wanted to get it out there. But because uh, you're not hearing David's contribution to the conversation after about 20 minutes, it mainly sounds like me giving Chad a really boring lecture on the Red Cross. Uh, so I apologize for that. We're going to put out a new one this Sunday. Uh, you also missed out on David uh, discussing all the ways the Red Cross helped him out after Hurricane Katrina. So we don't want to miss out on that part of the narrative. Uh, we debated not putting this out, but I figure we did it. So and we've been gone for a while. And for the amount you're paying for it, you know, what can you complain? So I'm going to go ahead and, and put this one up there. Uh, and I apologize for the mistake, but I think there's some worthwhile stuff in there. Thanks. There we go. In Japanese. In Japanese. Welcome to this week's edition of Atticus Shrugged, a podcast about Southern culture and politics. This week, or this month and a half that are going on, uh, with me as always are David Dykes. Hello. And Chad Watson. Hello. I'm like the uh, Tennessee voice of reason, just like Bob Corker. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm uh, West Cheek. I'm the Florida voice of reason, just like Tom Petty. <laughs> Rest in peace. Who I saw, uh, yeah, rest in peace. My um, my favorite local white supremacist. Uh, <laughs> I was <laughs> periodic checkup on his Facebook page, and he had uh, like ripped Tom Petty. Yeah. <laughs> 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 anyway, well, southern accents, I suppose. Um, anyway, so we haven't. We've been on hiatus uh, for several reasons. One, because um, our horrible joke predictions from our last episode became true. We all live in disaster areas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So uh, that's one reason. Two, I was away doing my dissertation research in Japan, and uh, Chad was experience, experiencing jet ski rescues yeah. from uh, Hurricane Harvey. Um, David was somewhat mildly not experiencing the Mexico earthquake. So Chad was his... Uh, and yeah, I, I also experienced a... I was living in a... A disaster area from the tsunami, but I also experienced the the Korean missile launch, which was exciting. But um, we should go in chronological order. And Chad, what tell us about um, Hurricane Harvey? How did that go? So I live uh, I live in the north for the for the listeners who don't know. I live in the north suburbs of Houston, and we had so how long has it been? It's been maybe school. Like we had just been in school. Like a like half like half of a week, so it was like the end of August, and Hurricane Harvey hit Friday night, and we were, uh, and it was, um, we actually got out of school. They canceled school. We were out of school for almost two weeks because of the hurricane. Uh, one, they were sort of scared because they wanted to give people time to evacuate. Um, and mine, actually, the northern suburbs did pretty good. Like Galveston got flooded, and parts of some of the were some of the some Houston was pretty bad. Houston, like Houston, was flooded. Some areas of Houston were flooded pretty bad. And my neighborhood, actually, we got off clean until a couple of days later, when they like the dam, like the Lake Conroe Dam, had to. They had to, it was it was filled to capacity, so they had to release the dam, and there is a, a, a creek like right that runs by my neighborhood that that uh, it fills out comes out comes from the flows from the dam, and the southern half of my neighborhood was completely actually there was water, like everything in my neighborhood was flooded, basically up into my driveway. I came out like. The flood had happened, like the like all the flooding had happened from the hurricane, and the hurricane had passed, but it was still raining. There was a lot of rain in the subsequent days, and then I came out. I think it was Monday morning, and there was water up to my driveway, and it was still raining. Do you think, it, do you think that was because you prayed just hard enough? <laughs> yeah, I prayed. I said, "Oh Lord, oh Lord," I prayed. My no. mama prayed. Uh, yeah. My, uh, I know, like my sister prayed. I know my brother didn't pray. Um, <laughs> um, Did uh, Joel Osteen pray for you guys? Joel Osteen. I know Joel Osteen didn't pray. He was really praying. People didn't get into his church. Um, and I sent thoughts. I sent best regards and warm <laughs> thoughts your way. Warmest regards. Yeah. Yeah, I got that letter. I called the Cajun Navy and narked on you. <laughs> And it did from my my driveway. I got to launch. I got to help people launch. They were my driveway was like the staging area for people to launch their boats, like into the to rescue like their aunts and grandparents and people that had not evacuated from from the neighborhood. So, Do you live in a very grandparent heavy um, neighborhood? Uh, it's kind of an older like where I yeah. It's kind of an older neighborhood. Like a lot of yeah. People that it's either like parent like young families will move here because they have uh, because it's a little bit cheaper and they can afford and it's in a good school district 
Um, or it's people that have lived here since before there was a development and, uh, like since before there was anything and, and they are now old. But they live in like wood houses, like log houses, <laughs> like in the middle of the woodlands. Well, no, I mean, they're not an old house, but there are people that used to live here when there was nothing like when this was, well, like when it was just, when it was a, a when it was a, what do you call it? Before like, oh, it was reclaimed from the ocean. Yeah, before it was reclaimed from the ocean. <laughs> But the ocean's coming back for it. Um, um, so the pioneer families of the woodlands. Yeah. So. Yeah, and also dumb, dumb relatives that have decided to stay, uh, too. So those were, it weren't just old people, but lots of people were stuck in their houses. Um, were you following it all? I'm just remembering all this stuff now. I was following it at the time, but that there was. Um, I didn't realize there's two competing Cajun navies now. Oh yeah, <laughs> so there's the Cajun Navy and the real like the Cajun, Cajun Navy. Navy. Yeah, like the Cajun Navy 2017, and apparently one of them's racist. <laughs> 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 right. Um, so, I'm trying to think which one, chance. which one came here. Like which one came here? I don't know. Well, did you notice who well. was getting off the boats? <laughs> yeah, a lot of white people. <laughs> There are a lot of white, and they did have. There were two. There were two guys that brought their jet skis, and they were riding their jet skis, kind of from house to house, to see if anybody <laughs> needed help. They were, and they couldn't ride it very fast because, I mean, even though the water was it draws awake, yeah, the water was st- deep enough to where you could ride a jet ski. It was like not deep enough to where you could. You know, have fun on a jet ski. Like, really tear it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, the help they're offering was kind of like an awesome time. They're like, knock on the door. Yeah. Hey, hey, you guys want to see go the ride around? Yeah, hey, <laughs> hey, I know, like, I know all your, everything, uh, all your worldly possessions are now underwater, uh, but you want to have, you want to go party? You want to party? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Were any of these people Kevin Costner? No, none of these people were Kevin Costner. Um, the future is not here yet. And I did, I did have to dig a trench around my air conditioning, like my <laughs> air conditioning unit, because my wa- my my yard doesn't drain very well, and it was still raining this whole time. So I was afraid that my, uh, I mean, I cut the power off to my air conditioning unit, uh, and I dug like a trench from my like through my yard into the into the road so the water would drain because it was if there's a, like. If there's any photographic evidence of that, I think that would be good to put up for um, I would uh, like to see the this. tease for this um, uh, for this podcast. Okay, Chad Trench in the AC. <laughs> I think it was a pretty much just picture Mel Gibson in the river, and I think that's pretty much what was happening. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, there's one from the vaults. Yeah. I did yeah, want to. I did want to take a picture of the jet skis, but I felt it was kind of like. It inappropriate. inappropriate in the moment as everybody was worried that their families were dead or their everything that they had ever owned. More, more, more inappropriate to take a picture than to have a jet ski uh, <laughs> there. Um, I think in the year 2017, like pretty much to not take a picture in a disaster area. Right. That's what I was. That was my thought. That was my. I did, I took pictures after everybody left, like when it was just the water. So I had pictures of just when like, just a lonely jet ski <laughs> sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> Turned out like upturned. Like, I could have saved him, but I did. A few a few <laughs> empty Budweiser cans. <laughs> yeah. right. A lot of adult diapers. Yeah. Or America. It's America beer this summer, right? Yeah, America. 
Well, it was America Water. That was Budweiser. They had the uh, water can. They made the can. They canned water and sent to Houston. That was a. Uh... <laughs> it's just they didn't have to change anything. Just, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's a whole joke. I'm sure everyone has made that joke. That's uh, okay. We call it Game Day beer. Game Day. <laughs> That's right. So did you scold everyone? Did you stand in your driveway and yell, you know, Houston doesn't have any zoning laws, and then, like, wag your finger at everyone as they're pulling them out of the house? Because I was drinking my Budweiser water. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, this is no zoning. Well, actually, my this area, this area is, there's been a lot of development in just, like, the last like, five years, and they built, right. they're building a new, um, they're building a new, like, it's what do you call it? Like a loop. They're building another loop and like another uh-huh. toll highway to kind of connect. Right. Uh, they kind of eventually wanted to run from like here to Austin, um, but they've been, subsequently they've done tons of development. And there's tons of concrete, and it's like weird. Like since they've been de- working on this freeway, like the neighborhoods around here have flooded a lot more. Like since they've mm. been working, it's almost like millions of tons of concrete uh, make water go in strange right. places. And also the thing, like in Houston, there's been a lot of development and like a lot of these, basically the these upper, like these, the, the higher class developments always are designed so that they flood like the poor people that live like downhill from them. And that's I'm sure that's happened. pure accident. Pure accident. Well, that's actually what we teach them in the School of Architecture is... Uh, what direction to make the water flow strategically. Just build good, con- lot of, lots of concrete. That's the secret to development. Uh-huh. And then the real estate program, we have them, we tell them to invest in the, the uh, cheap land downstream. And once you flood it out, then you go to business, build some new condos down there, elevated with a uh, mixed-use first floor. So it doesn't matter anymore. Or like a swimming pool. Like a swimming pool, like mixed-use. Sure. Yeah, so that, happen, that happens a lot around here, and that was... Rec room. I think it's, that's rec room territory. Rec room, yeah. But, you know, Houston gets written a, a lot about, like, in kind of, it's kind of at a lot of the newer writings on, on urbanism centered around whether Houston is kind of like a really good example or a really bad example. So I'm sure there's going to be interesting stuff coming out about this. There was at the time just about, you know, like development and zoning and flood planning and all of that stuff. I found that a lot of the coverage was about, um, uh, whether it was as bad as Katrina, why it wasn't as bad, how much uh, better yeah. people okay. behaved in Houston than they behaved yeah. in New Orleans about, um, yeah, it was just disgusting. It was so, so I don't know horrible. what comes through on the podcast, but I am uh, shooting myself in the head with the, my finger. Or it was true. I, didn't, I did not see any looting at all. Per- personally, I saw no looting. Because I was trapped so in those my house. Guys, because all the, roads were, all the roads were underwater. There's, I couldn't leave my house for... Like a week and a half, so. But well, I, saw I saw some people. Dragon. I saw some people online poking around Joel Austin's church, and they <laughs> yeah. might have potentially been looters. They seemed really pissed off about something. <laughs> yeah. And then those guys on the jet skis, did they come back empty-handed? Um, no, they didn't. No, they I'm said, just saying. It's weird because I figured we finally took out Chris Kyle that they would have been all over the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I prayed. I prayed for Chris Kyle. Yeah. And I saw Maybe it's because they knew that the lone survivor was in your, your neighborhood. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Because they knew his dojo was right up the street. <laughs> the home dojo of the lone survivor. Right. So I, do, I, I don't know safe. what the lone survivor is. 
Yeah. Marcus Luttrell is the lone survivor. I don't know. He's like Chris Kyle, but alive. (laughs) What's he the lone survivor of? Falling off a mountain. (laughs) Oh yeah. He was a what? He was yeah. Like was it Afghanistan? It was. He was. uh, mm, He's a troop. Yeah. He's an operator. Yeah, he's an operator, Um, an Afghan war vet. um, That he survived some bad stuff all by himself. And then uh, his translator immigrated to America and published an article that's <laughs> basically titled, That Didn't Happen. <laughs> and it was a hit movie with Marky Mark, Mark uh, not Mark, yeah. Mark, what's his name? Uh, it, Marky Mark. Yeah, Marky Mark. Mark Wahlberg is mm-hmm. the lone survivor. But now I've practically told everybody where I live because I live right up the street from Lone Survivor's home dojo. Yeah, uh, and you made fun of Chris Kyle, oh, so you... No. Yeah, I'm dead. That's I'm dead. That's it. Since we're talking about looting hurricanes and Chris Kyle, can I give my brief um, my brief Chris Kyle spiel? Since we're doing it, so I'm already slandering him mm-hmm. here. Yeah, well, it's, well, it's the one reason like I really like can't take the the whole Chris Kyle thing is that he said he said that he was on top of the Superdome during Hurricane Katrina shooting looters right he said that right so there are two possibilities of that story right um, so yeah he said so so possibility one is that he's really on top of the Superdome shooting looters which means uh, you have to ask by what rules of engagement are you murdering people in the streets of New Orleans you're interpreting them to be looters and I, I'm always trying to think too like from the Superdome like what is your special vantage point like where are you shooting people off the interstate like in the Smoothie King Center like I don't right it yeah you could draw that on handsome willies but so okay so that's that's possibility one possibility two is he's completely full of shit and the only building he could think of in New Orleans was the Superdome and so he just said he was on top of it Shooting people during New Orleans just makes you wonder, like, what kind of person would make up that fucking story? And then I think you have your answer. Um, I, you know, I was kind of, <clears throat> I'm remembering back now to with Harvey in Houston, I kept retweeting the same photo over and over again, which was um, this old Japanese guy I took a photograph of after the tsunami in 2011 who was going through all these uh, fields with a sack. Um, putting in canned goods uh, to take home because, you know, the people who lived down in that area were dead and he was stuck in, like, a shelter or his house or something and there was no <clears throat> nowhere open to get food. So he was, uh, you know, collecting any canned goods he could get, he could find in the water and taking them with him. And so I kept putting it on Twitter saying, like, uh, well, I, I should have called the cops on this looter when I found him. But, you know, we don't we don't put that narrative. We only use that narrative in certain circumstances, which shows why that narrative exists. Yeah, and I've probably mentioned this before, right? So Walmart deliberately builds stores in um, flood zones and flooding areas. Yeah, because they they know to write it off. They can write it off, right? It's like not a big deal for them. So everything in there is written off and it's built there on purpose. So I loot. I mean, what even is looting, right? So if you're in an area that's affected by a disaster and there are no supply lines and you can get... Uh, stuff that you need like take it and if people are going to be like complain like oh my god they got tennis shoes and they got tvs like does that look bad um visually maybe but like do i care i don't 
Is it a big deal in the large scheme of things? Is it a big deal even compared to the first reconstruction or the first like uh, the first contract that comes out for clearing away debris is going to have more corruption in it than right. people stealing tennis shoes and TVs? Is my take on it. Um, so yeah, and you know it's a narrative that's used by certain people for certain reasons, which brings us back to the apparently the alternate uh, warring Cajun navies with the one racist one because there was the report out that. Um, the Cajun Navy had been lured in by by looters, and they'd pull guns on them. Yeah. And a lot of people were rightly worried, like, oh, my God, maybe some people went over there armed with boats, you know, to rescue people, in quotation marks, when they're really looking for this narrative of looters so they can have violent encounters. There was one person who said it happened to them, and then it was kind of like, it was like a very present narrative for like three hours, and then it went away. So I'm guessing it, like, didn't. Yeah, there were a lot of sort of anecdotal stories, but there was no stories of actual looting or anybody being, having guns pulled on them. And there were, like, people, there were all these, like, pictures of people, like, putting signs up on the, like, any looters will be shot. That was a big thing that got on, put on the news a lot. But there were no, like, stories of actual looters. I mean, a lot of, a lot of poor neighborhoods got flooded. No, I guess something. I guess something that has come out. Like I'm still following this. The story has not completely. Um, it's still working itself out. But about Red Cross, about how the Red Cross uh, took tons of donations uh, to help Harvey victims, and they didn't help. Like they did not. They promised they were going to show show up in certain neighborhoods uh, throughout Houston, and they didn't show up. Like they just never showed up. Like they, like in Houston. Um, that like the Red Cross, like there were, I don't know. I'll give you my brief Red Cross spiel is that um, the complaints that are made about Red Cross and the, the, the more specific ones you can get, they're probably pretty valid. But with any large charity, especially a disaster related charity, the issue is that they don't really do specific. If you, so if they say donate to the Red Cross, we help Harvey victims. And you interpret that as every dollar that you send us is going to be spent for people within the Houston city limits, then you're going to be disappointed because that's not the way it works, right? Because they're a gigantic, gigantic uh, non-governmental organization. And so they take in donations throughout the year, but the most the most they're ever going to take in donations is right after a major disaster, right? And so they're going to have to be out there saying, donate to the Red Cross, donate to the Red Cross. And they take in all that money, and that money has to pay for their buildings, their administrative staff, their paperwork, everything that they do throughout the year everywhere, right? So it's always going to be kind of disappointing because you're just sending money into a giant bureaucratic structure. And so if you feel like that's not uh, how I want to spend my money, I think that's valid. But to say like, I know people who just like say, oh, well, the Red Cross, the money doesn't really go there. Well, no, it, it doesn't directly, right? It's all a giant abstraction. Like what you're saying, the point I'm making about the Red Cross is like, yep, they do that stuff, and it might be, you know, there's no way to know. It might be the fi- the, the funding that was put in place to provide meals from Katrina had come in um, two years earlier from an earthquake in Turkey. Like, I mean, it, does, it just doesn't work the way you don't contribute to the disaster that's happening right now, right? Because it's a large organization. And so I think that that is disappointing and frustrating to people, but it's just the way it, there's no way to just um, fund it straight off of that disaster. You know, your dollar for this goes straight to that. 
if you're dealing with something as large as the Red Cross, because it can't. Right. Right. So I'm not saying there shouldn't be any criticism of the Red Cross. There should always be. But well, but there was also lots of stories of like neighborhood. I mean, I mean, this was just not around. This was around like all the areas, in fact, like in Texas that mm-hmm. were. I mean, lots of neighborhoods got they got good results from the Red Cross, mm-hmm. but then other neighborhoods didn't. Right. And it was kind of like there's no pattern. To, I mean, right. And there might be a pattern to do it. Had, no, there's a straight red. That's a red crescent uh, tactic. Right there. <laughs> straight red crescent. They had red uh, iron crosses on there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on their wrists. They had iron, red iron yeah. crosses on their wrists. But that's the Od- Odin's Navy. <laughs> yeah. the sons of Odin mm-hmm. jet ski patrol. Mm-hmm. Um, well, which that brings us uh, also, I think, um, if you're following during Hurricane Irma, which came through Florida just after Harvey, with the Oh, which county was it? The shithead sheriff that was telling people if they were, if they had outstanding warrants, oh, right, they would yeah. be arrested if they came to a shelter. Yeah, well, yeah, and ICE was set up in Texas during Harvey, um, keeping checkpoints, uh, even right. though people were being told to evacuate, which is essentially saying if you're undocumented, fuck you, die in a hurricane. Um, which, I mean... ICE is an increasingly abhorrent agency anyway, so. Not that they weren't, you know, they were good before. Oh, yeah, so I was saying that I've been kind of on this thing. I was during Twitter during this and just kind of thinking about it because, you know, this is kind of stuff I study anyway. But that we're, we're kind of here. We're kind of in this horrible, <laughs> this horrible, um, well, it's not even post-apocalypse because we haven't gotten to the apocalypse this week state though where you're having climate change and the effects of climate change like coupled with right-wing fascistic tendencies within government where you're seeing that um you know not just disaster recovery will be inequalities but people will have to like suffer through the disaster based on kind of their status in society which is true to a very large degree anyway but it's true now it's being enforced by like the police saying you can't come to this shelter you have outstanding warrants. And we all know that, you know, warrants aren't uh, awarded, distributed fairly throughout society, right? And, or you can't evacuate because we're going to have checkpoints set up to bust you. ICE is going to send you to a detention center because you crossed a checkpoint with the wrong documents. And so we're starting to have, like, we're starting to see, I think, what what the future can be with this stuff, and it looks really bad. Right, or won't suck. Or like, it'll be, oh, two degrees warmer in the Midwest sounds great. Not thinking like, and all the topsoil will be dead and our water will be full of algae. And, uh, yeah, the, uh, the sheriff, like the sheriff, the, you know, watch too many Rambo movies that really loves, um, yeah, Rambo, uh, is going to enforce who gets the water, gets to decide who gets access to the water. I can't think of the movie can't think of the movie I was trying to think of. Red Dawn, thank you. I kept thinking of True Blood. I'm like, that's True Blood's vampires. Um, Thanks for paying me. Swamp Thing. Well, somebody does drink blood in Red Dawn. This deer's blood. This deer's blood, yeah. And and he becomes a vampire deer. He's never the same. He's never the same after he drinks deer's blood. Well, the the deer wasn't the same, for sure. (laughs) The deer was very dead after that. A lot less blood. So, yeah, we got uh, Harvey, Irma, 
And then, I, I don't know, we're, we're about stuff that happens in the South, but we had Maria in Puerto Rico. And Puerto Rico's further to the South of us, but I don't think we count it culturally in the South. But um, that was fucked up. Yeah, you know this is really interesting. You might have had the same experience I did, but my with it, the way it always starts. My friend from high school, uh, a decent person on Facebook, was like like most people horrified by Trump's conduct and particularly the shooting paper towels into the audience. <laughs> and um, then, yeah, nothing, nothing but to, net, nothing but net. You know, and then some people we mutually know, some people that are her friends, like, piped in on there, like, I don't see how anyone could see anything wrong with that. Like, he's just a guy who's trying real hard, and he was trying to have fun with the situation, and everyone there was smiling, so the Puerto Ricans clearly love it. <laughs> I find that having fun with a situation is just a great way to get in there, and, like, if someone, so, for example, if someone's grandparent was in, like, a nursing home where the power went out, and um, their dialysis machine quit, and they kind of suffered and slowly died over the course of an evening while being a citizen of a first world country. And then, like, you can't really get into the area because of all the damage, and it's blocked off. And, you know, you're, like, dehydrated yourself and don't have food. You probably don't have a house. You don't have insurance that's going to pay for it. And then, like, you finally, like, almost a week later, find their kind of corpse, their bloated corpse that's been sitting like, the Puerto Rican heat uh, with no electricity for air conditioning um and then you know since the administration's kind of shut down and like lots of files are missing and you finally you're trying to go through the whole process of registering them as being dead i you know i think that what you need at the end of that experience is for someone uh to throw paper towels at you uh, as jump shots just have fun with the yeah, situation just have fun mm-hmm. just have fun with it tell him you're messing and he says you're messing up our budget um so do you think we should uh, wrap it up there so I can get back to my Twitter debate about whether Swamp Thing is a tree or not? All right. See you next time. <laughs>